the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, hello, and thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today's episode has a one-word title. Here it is, Delegation. So we're going to talk today about delegating, not only to, but with other people But we're going to do this from the perspective of a maturing disciple, one who follows Christ. So I want to kick off the conversation today about delegation with this thought. The idea of delegation seems so simple on the one hand. It seems that delegation is about assigning tasks to other people. Yet, on the other hand, delegation is, a, in a way, a surprising weakness of so many leaders. There are staff members and team members often that will complain about their boss's ability to delegate. I want you to think about your work setting, or, or maybe someone has described their work setting to you. Poor delegation leads to a team member or an employee feeling overworked, and potentially underappreciated. See, delegation can greatly affect a work culture positively and negatively. But although poor delegation might help an employee feel overworked or underappreciated, employers delegate because of a need they have in their life. They can feel alone. The leader can feel burdened or overwhelmed maybe just having a great need for help. So an employer needs to work and not feel alone or overwhelmed or burdened, but yet through delegation, they do not want to build a culture where the there is feelings of being overworked or underappreciated. So we're going to talk in that context today about this idea of delegation. And I want to remind you, as your discipleship coach, I provide encouragement to you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. So this is an everyday life issue, and we're going to look at delegation from the perspective of a mature Christian. So let's think about this word delegation for a minute. And it really, it's related to the word delegate. So a delegate is a person 
authorized to represent another. So to delegate means you are creating a delegate. <laughs> so it's kind of like professional sports that hire a an agent. An agent is, is a delegate on behalf of the professional athlete to work a contract for their benefit, but they have delegated the negotiation to their agent. This is nothing new to our entire nation. In fact, here in the United States of America, if you're listening here now, the United States, we do elections and candidates are often elected by the popular vote of the people. But when we as a nation elect our president and vice president, it's not a direct election coming from individual people. Instead, this is written in, you know, our Constitution. The president and vice president are elected by electors through a process that we call the Electoral College. So stick with me here for a moment. This process is a compromise between just a simple majority vote of the people and a vote that ignores the people where Congress just votes. So the people influence these electors. So every state has electors, you know, the same numbers, the member of the House and Senate that represents them. So including Washington, D.C., our nation has 538 electors. Now, I can remember back when, and I'm not going to get into politics, but when when uh, Trump and Biden were vying for the presidency that uh, Biden won, I actually had COVID. And I, I was sleeping on and off for several days, and I was watching the Electoral College at work, and all the votes were coming in, and I just remember that and watching how this would all work. And so, and this is how we elect our president. Every one of those electors are delegates. It's kind of like this. I'm part of a church denomination, and we have annual business meetings, or we have every other year a national business meeting, and we can send delegates to represent our church for church business. And these delegates cast a vote. I'm part of a few teams where when I can't attend a meeting— in some cases, I can send a delegate in my place. And, and here's what the delegate does in these examples. They, they represent the leader and they bear the responsibilities as an assignment of the one who they are representing. So if a delegate is a representative, now, now listen to this. What happens is this. To delegate is to entrust we are entrusting someone to take responsibility or accomplish a task on our behalf. And here's where a mature Christian needs to think about delegation. Delegation is not about dumping unwanted tasks on someone else because we're simply annoyed. See, delegation is an entrusting of someone else with a task or a responsibility that belongs to me. In other words, someone else is now doing something in my name. My name is still on the line. So I want to look at a real-life delegation, an example of this. So in my house, I delegate as much as I can the dishes, doing the dishes to my kids. And, and really, I just don't want to do that, uh, so I delegate that to them. And I give my 
children chores. So they wipe the table, sweep the floor, take out the trash, you know, mow the lawn. I can remember mowing the lawn as a kid. Now, here's how my dad did this. He, he trained me. I had a 1980 AMC Spirit with a slant six. And if you don't know what that is, you're going to need to Google that. It actually was rusting on at the bottom, and I called my AMC Spirit the Holy Spirit. It actually was funny, but that, that describes a lot about me. And my dad had me wash that car. And if my effort to wash the car met his approval, I earned the right to wash my mom's car. And then I had to wash it and wax it and get it all to my dad's specifications till ultimately he let me wash and wax and detail the family van. Now, the big win is when my dad let me take care of wash and wax his 1953 red Chevy pickup truck. I had earned the right. And what I, I felt in that time is, is my dad wasn't so much dumping on me, but helping me helping me be responsible and earn the right to something else. You know, sometimes when we delegate a task, we hire a virtual assistant or an administrative assistant or we recruit office volunteers. You know, I've heard it said to do only what only you can do. And that sounds great. And it's a, it's a leadership principle. Do only what only you can do. But I think that there's an additional perspective that someone that carries the mission of God needs to consider when they delegate. When we delegate tasks, we must have to, we must highly value people. There are tasks that appear menial. But can I tell you today, people are never menial. I want you to remember whether or not you pay someone to do a task, or if the person volunteers or what, whatever it is, you are entrusting something to them. They are representing you, and our call is to value people. You know, in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this, chapter 5, Therefore we are ambassadors of God, of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We employ you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. See, we're an ambassador of Christ, a representative of Christ. In fact, God entrusted the mission to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth with believers, with you, with me. And when we employ people to be reconciled to God, we're doing it, as Paul writes, on behalf of Christ. The call to be reconciled is the mission of God. That's what we're doing. But we do this on behalf of Christ as his representative. This reveals that an ambassador is delegated. It's a, he's a, he or she is a delegate of God to carry the mission of God, to, to live out the great commission to go into all the world with the gospel message and make disciples. See, discipleship is the assignment. Now, delegates, We're responsible for completing this assignment. We have an expectation to complete the assignment, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and to make disciples. But we are representatives of the Lord himself, the mission of God. This is what Christ does. Now, when delegates do something different than what they're assigned, they fall short 
of their delegated responsibility that's been entrusted to them. And we're going to talk about that right after the break, about our assignment, what's entrusted, who we represent. So I'll be back in a moment after we hear from our sponsors, and I'm going to talk more about delegation. So I want you to stay tuned. You're listening today to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. back. Thank you for staying tuned today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm a little excited about today's topic, delegation. And so far, we've introduced the idea that a delegate is a representative, and to delegate is to entrust responsibility to someone that is executing on your behalf. And I want us to embrace the principle that that delegation includes the valuing of people. So when we're delegating, even though we delegate tasks and responsibilities— We are delegating to people who are delegates. So we must be mindful of the people and have a high value on the people. And what we're doing when we delegate is not pawning something off on people, but we are expanding our influence to partners who can partner with us so we can do exactly what we're called or assigned to do or are responsible for. Now, I want to think about this idea of delegation in the context of the church, Christianity, our faith, a discipleship context. Now, there are many congregations that I've I've observed, so this is just me, and I, I look at this from my perspective, but there are congregations that, that I feel have tweaked the missional assignment from God, and they don't really execute what they're supposed to execute. I think intentions are always good. And I wanted you to to hear it in this context that I love leadership. In fact, my master's degree is in leadership. But what I've learned over the course of time is that discipleship is not a synonym for Christian leadership development. So discipling and leading or discipleship and leadership are not the same thing. So it's great that we lead. It's great that we do development, leadership development. It's great that we train people to be better. All of that is is crucial. But that does not remove our biblical assignment to make disciples. See, I want us to think about this. Our calling is an assignment is, as delegates of God, is to go into all the world and make disciples. So we must help people follow Jesus. I like to think of it this way, that our job as believers is to reproduce disciples. So in the spirit of our assignment being to reproduce people, I want to encourage you with biblical truth today that will help you in your everyday life. So in this part of our episode, I want to share some practical thoughts with you to help you delegate 
with success from a context of maturity in the faith. The idea of delegation has two opposing contexts that we can consider. So on one side, delegation can be very healthy and productive and and helpful. And on the other hand, delegation can be unhealthy, even harmful. And I want us to to, to state that because we can never build a healthy organization. We can't have a healthy family or a healthy system if our delegation is unhealthy. So that said, I want us to think of it this way, that delegation can always be healthy if we understand that people and valuing people are the key to success as far as it pertains to delegation. So remember, delegation is entrusting to others. It's a high trust environment. Sometimes we think that we don't have to trust people very much to do little jobs, and and we lose the trust factor. There's an author named Patrick Lencioni, and he writes that the number one dysfunction in organizations is a lack of trust. And I want to say when we delegate to someone else and we entrust them to do something in our name on our behalf, it's recommended. I recommend that we do this within a high trust environment. Delegates are representatives of you. But oftentimes we think that delegation is is giving assignments to people and assignments that are unwanted. And I wrote a list of assignments that I would love to delegate because I don't want to do them. And here's what some of my examples would be. If I could get someone to do all of my printing, all of my mailing, all of my phone calls, all of the cleaning, all of the setting up, all of uh, the, the making signs and all of the ordering and filing and making reservations, just those administrative pieces and organization, I would do well. But if I do that, I have to know that people are mailing on my behalf and printing and cleaning and ordering and filing on my behalf. See, the goal of some delegation is to alleviate pain. (laughs) So I um, to alleviate pain, I did. I served as a connections pastor in a large church and I had paid staff that that worked with me and and volunteers that worked with me and on our teams. And they did tasks like printing and folding and mailing letters. And, but, but also what we did is we stationed people throughout the large facility that we had church in every week. And although it was my job, it was also my ministry to connect people to one another and, and to God. But what I noticed is it was the ministry of others. See, some people were assigned to shake a hand at a door because we needed to cover a base. But for the most part, people served in a greeting ministry or a connecting ministry because it's what they felt called to do. And I started learning a lot about delegation, that it's not only about alleviating my pain, but as I value people, it's not just alleviating my pain, but it's delegating to reproduce someone else. So can I say it It with like, like, here's a quip. Delegating is not about only relieving my pain. Delegating is about someone else's gain. See, the most fruitful way to delegate, keeping in mind with God's mission, is to delegate so someone else can 
advance. So if you are a Christian, a disciple maker, a disciple, I hope your ear just perked up right there because we can reproduce and make disciples. And in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. Now, we will always delegate in a way that alleviates our pain. We won't only delegate for other people's gain. It's always a mix. But if we can start valuing people and start to delegate from the perspective of advancing others first, then when we delegate to alleviate our pain, the environment will be healthy and actually things will work much better. Here's what's fun and and interesting. When I go to the, the bank, my branch of the bank, it's always an event. And I always go inside. My kids love to go with me to the bank because when I go into the bank, they get a free lollipop. And they like to go in together, and it's great. Sometimes I walk in, and, and the teller pulls out the lollipops just in case my kids are, are with me. It's, it's, it's awesome. But there are four main tellers that are at our bank and a, a branch manager, and there's other people, and people come and go. But, you know, my bank, kudos to my bank. They make me feel like a celebrity. I walk in. It's, it's almost like they're high-fiving me. They, they all use my name. They welcome me. They ask me about my vacations. And I love going inside. And when I go into the bank, I typically do one of two things. I either, either make a deposit. So I put money in the bank or I, I make a withdrawal from the bank and take money out. And I tell that story because delegating when you're dealing with people is a lot about making withdrawals and deposits. See, delegating in a context of assigning tasks, if that's all you do, it's like making a withdrawal from another person. The perspective of I want to give you an assignment to alleviate my pain, you're making a withdrawal from someone else. But delegating from the context of reproducing someone else is making a deposit in their life. When we think about delegating for someone else's gain, this deposit is in not a withdrawal from them, but an investment into them. See, when we delegate, if we can invest in people and equip them and prepare them and advance them, and we make delegation less about alleviating our pain and more about someone else's gain than we're delegating in the context of a disciple maker. I know we will do both, but from which lens do you see delegation? You know, you might want some help delegating. You might want to grow in this area or in other areas in your life. And if you do, I want you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. We offer a free coaching readiness questionnaire that we would love for you to take. You know, I also invite you to follow Your Discipleship Coach on social media and share it on your platforms. Follow our podcast. And I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible as we partner with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, it's my honor to be with you. I want you to know that I am for you and God is for you. And if God is for you, 
who could be against you? Thanks for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.